This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Live from the Accessible Media Studios, this is Kelly and Company. Entertainment, lifestyle, and great conversation. It's AMI Audio's on air community, and everyone's invited. And now, the host of today's show, Ramya Amuthan. Well, it's pretty fun joining everybody on a Wednesday and starting it almost, I know it's midweek, but it feels like starting a brand new week because I'm here. I'm starting the show. Kelly's taking the week off. So it's kind of like for him an extra, extra, extra long weekend and for me an extra short week starting today. Brock Richardson is joining me to co-host for the remainder of this three-day week. Rocky, how are you? I'm good. I I hear you. It's kind of like splitting your week in two. It's like, oh, two days with Kelly and then three days with me. And, uh, you know, it's good. I, we get to Wednesday, it sort of feels like, okay, I'm... And that's already a pretty good feeling, you know, feeling like you've made it through halfway through Wednesday and you're like, okay, just a bit more to go of the week. But then when you've split the week up completely and your routine changes, it does feel special. You know, yeah. we don't know if it feels good or bad yet. We'll see how the week progresses, but <laughs> but it feels special. So thanks for joining us and we always love hanging out with you, Brocky. Let's tell everybody what's coming up on today's show. With Canadian Thanksgiving around the corner, Greg David, who joins us for our TV talk, is sharing what he's thankful for in television and entertainment. Ryan Delahanty highlights Mackey's Mobile Studio, a Pictou County Musicians initiative to reach uh, artists across with... uh, So let me try that again. (laughs) Musicians initiative to reach artists across with access barriers as i try to spit that one out yeah it's going to be a good one to talk about also we're chatting money today this is going to be a monthly conversation with certified financial planner ryan chin and today he's letting us know about rdsb awareness month did we know it was rdsb awareness month well he will give us all the details all right, let's talk about some hard and difficult things going on in other parts of the world. A famine could be declared in Somalia within weeks, affecting hundreds of thousands of people in two of the country's worst drought-affected areas and displacement camps. Such a declaration is rare and a sign of the dire consequences from the worst drought in decades in the Horn of Africa. Mohamed Ahmed Duryea and his family left their seaside city on the northern edge of Somalia to escape drought and hunger. He tells the AP, if you walk some distance out here, you'll see lots of bones, lots of animal bones piled on top of each other. He adds... What's happening to us is severe drought and political instability. We're appealing to the international NGOs to assist with shelter, food to eat and water to drink. I'm Charles Duladesma. The word stability is what really kicks me from this clip because um, I think of the same thing. I think of how difficult it is to come from countries where the political atmosphere is not steady It's not sturdy and it's not something that you can rely on, you know, for assistance, for support as civilians. And 
So when you're thinking about something like this um, in comparison to maybe Hurricane Fiona, which we talked about a lot yesterday, we'll continue to talk about today, and how community reaches out, organizations reach out, and we keep tabs in other parts of the country to say, "Uh uh-oh, let's let's see what we can do. Now, I I don't want to in any way... Uh, say, oh man, we're we're doing so good out here with our support compared to Somalia. But in some ways, we feel like there's some reliability for the kinds of supports you can expect from intervention, from government intervention. Um, but when you come from countries like Somalia and what you face, whether it's natural disaster or anything else, it's unfortunately not something you can rely on to say, but we know the government will help out. But we know there's money set aside for this. But we know that we can rely on this reaction and response um, from the power that is our government. So it's a lot to consider and maybe not even relate to. Being able to relate to it is another tough part. But we know, Brocky, that in places like Toronto and the GTA, where you and I are from, um, or you're in Kitchener-Waterloo area, but you're so close to the GTA, that it, we come from such multiculturalism around us. So I think of Somalian Canadians here who, um, you know, if they reach out or if they can reach out or just to to feel the sympathy um, for their loved ones and people back home who are going through this. Yeah, it's it's tough. And the thing you said earlier about governments, I think that's something we take for granted, you know. Canadians can say, oh, the government will be here to support us. But as you point out, not everyone is in that situation. And I think we all need to understand that. And for us, it's easier to roll off the tongue and say, oh, the government's going to be there. But in in situations like this one, you're not going to always be like that. And so it's a it's a tough situation. But that's the blessed part about living where we live is we're we're around such multicultural individuals and we get to learn so much them to us and the other way around. Yeah, absolutely. We can keep tabs and hopefully, you know, understanding like we heard in this audio clip that they're they're reaching out for support from um, international organizations and being able to... Uh, to hopefully spread that awareness and education and understanding of what goes on um, in different parts of the world can be helpful to move things forward because we can't control everything, but we can control our responses and helpfulness afterwards, right? Sticking to something a little closer, not close enough though, the Hollywood sign is getting a makeover. um, The, the fitting itch. Oh, the fitting its status as an, in tinsel town town icon many in hollywood going for a touch-up every few years a little nip a tuck a whitening and the hollywood sign is no different we're pressure washing it we're grinding out rust areas we're priming it and then finally we're painting it jeff zarinum with the hollywood sign trust says the iconic football field long landmark is getting its 10-year treatment hundreds of gallons of paint hours and hours of grinding it'll take about eight weeks to finish and when it's done, the sign will be ready for its 100th anniversary next year. It was originally put up in 1923. And at the time, it actually said Hollywood Land. Jason Nathanson, ABC News, Hollywood. Yeah, from Hollywood. So, I mean, I was close-ish to the Hollywood sign when I visited L.A. We didn't get to go close, close to it. There was so much construction going on. That was years ago. Um, and I thought, well, I didn't really get to uh, have 
to remake that trip. But now with all of this, it's kind of exciting. Now, I'm not sure if this affects people. It's kind of like when we talk about the CN Tower here, you're like, yay, but we're so close to it that it's not really a big deal. So when you think about this, Brocky, is it a big deal? Is it fun? Sure it is. I, I giggled because I, you know, the, the clip started with everybody goes for their nip tuck, you know, all this. And then he kind of casually was like, including the Hollywood sign, you know, like, <laughs> but I did not know how much detail went into a makeover or cleanup of the Hollywood sign. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's really cool. I've never been close enough to want to go, but it's always been kind of on the bucket list for me. For a lot of people, exactly. Well, we'll keep posting and see if uh, the locals get excited. Taking a break here on Kelly and Company, and we'll be back on a Wednesday with Health Headlines. Grant Hardy will bring us that after the break. get a hold of us if you want to communicate with the kelly and company team you can find us uh via the voicemail so this is our phone line where you can leave a voicemail 1-866-509-4545 and if you leave a message on this line please remember to give us permission to use it on air if you want us to play your message feedback at ami.ca is our email address and you can send us your written feedback and inquiries there also on Twitter, at AMI Audio is the general AMI Twitter handle where you can check us out. Check out all the cool things happening on Kelly and Company and around the network. I'm Ramia Amudin here with Brock Richardson for our Wednesday show. And as it's a Wednesday, let's bring on Grant Hardy for our health headlines. We're kind of mixing it up, health, lifestyle, whatever it is. But Grant, what would you say? Today, a little more health still? Yeah, today is definitely very much health-focused. Um, and just to dive right in here, I've got an interesting article from Prevention, and this talks about medical gaslighting. We've probably heard this term thrown around in the context of relationships, other interpersonal matters, but basically in a medical context, it's when a healthcare professional uh, dismisses a patient's concerns or symptoms and wrongly blames their illness on symptoms of a psychological nature. You can basically have doctors convince you that it's all in your head or to defer to the uh, doctor since they're the professional. Uh, most of the time, doctors are not trying to intentionally do this, but they do have biases like anyone else. Anyone can experience medical gaslighting, but I'm sure it's not going to surprise many people to know that it's most common for women. It's often associated with misdiagnosis. Uh, doctors misdiagnose approximately one in seven patients, but that happens to be much more common in women than in men. Research suggests women are 50% more likely to be misdiagnosed after a heart attack, 33% more likely uh, to have a wrong diagnosis after a stroke. Uh, additionally, there's uh, studies that when women go to the emergency room uh, with uh, stomach pain, they end up waiting longer, receive less pain medication 
than their male counterparts who have the same symptoms. And the most uh, huge medical gaslighting comes with female reproductive issues, which are often just really ignored and, and chalked up to kind of all in your head when it's clearly not. So basically the articles of the authors of this article are saying it's really important to be your own advocate. Don't hesitate to get a second opinion. And if you're comfortable, bring a family member or a friend to your appointments and just have lots of questions to really hammer the doctor with so that you are comfortable with what they're telling you. And uh, of course, people with disabilities, people uh, who experience ageism, people who are BIPOC also experience gaslighting at a much higher scale. A uh, little depressing, hey guys, but at least it's good mm. to know that there you do have some control in your hands, at least in terms of being your own advocate. Absolutely. And the fact that, you know, this kind of an article would come out at all makes people feel, uh, I don't know if at ease is really the right way to describe it, but feel supported, right? Feel like there's some empathy out there. There's some um, evidence of their concerns. You know, my my father, who has been requiring a lot of care of late, uh, going in and out of the, the hospital systems, has been experiencing a little bit of this and it's hard to you know if you're not a medical professional yourself or don't have a lot of experience going in and out of hospitals yourself then it's hard to understand you know what what you do take in and what you don't and um i think that the part of this that's really interesting to me grant is that we say human the doctors are humans too and they come with their biases they come with the you know this percentage of errors they make mistakes to that kind of thing. So if that's the leniency we're going to give, then where do we go with action? Like, how do we take care knowing that there's these, there are these biases and there are these uh, issues that are happening in this percentage of people who feel like they're not being taken care of or taken seriously? Yeah, ab- absolutely. And especially if you consider um, just based on you know, stuff that I've read that, you know, this even affects things like medical research, you know, medical studies, like a lot of, um, you know, research on, I don't know, like, like stomach surgery or leg surgery, whatever it is, you know, is done mm-hmm. on health, able-bodied, you know, healthy uh, men, right? And And I think that for people who are really marginalized or who experience some inequality in the world, there's definitely that thought that like only the research was kind of there. Only people thought this was important. This isn't just sort right. of like you, you being hysterical and this is in your head that, you know, maybe this is something that we could have tackled earlier. Yeah. Two things for me that come to mind guys. One is that I think doctors, um, tend to resort to what I think is always the easy answer. You know, you go to a doctor and you say, oh, I have this uh, lower back pain. And the doctor comes back and says, well, I think it's because you put on weight. Well, that may be true. Uh, that that may be part of it. But if I'm coming to you and saying, I, I think I have lower back pain, and it's beyond, and I feel it's beyond just the 
wear and tear of life, if you will, I think there needs to be, you know, a little bit more taken to what I'm saying. And I know I Mm -hmm. used a really uh, light sort of example with the lower back pain. The other thing that I find is that doctors tend to speak really rapidly. It's almost as if they're, they feel like they're talking to another doctor at times. And it's like, whoa, I don't actually know what it is you're talking about. So I need you to break this down a little bit further. And I think as a person with a disability, what I find is when I go to appointments, especially with my caregivers, they're looking at the caregiver and saying, I think XYZ is the problem versus looking at the patient and realizing, yeah, just because he has a physical disability doesn't mean that he can't comprehend it as long as I break it down properly. But that's anyone. If you're using doctor speak, you can get really challenged mm-hmm. really quickly. Yeah, that's sort of the problem for us, I guess, with bringing the family member or a friend is that we're, we're often sort of cast out to the side. Boy, I tell you what, I, I was chatting with my GP. I can't believe I'm telling you this. <laughs> um, and I mentioned that, you know, I'm frustrated because my cooking skills aren't what they should be. And I would, I would like to sort of improve on that and, and work mm-hmm. on it. And uh, the answer I got back is, uh, well, gee, why, why don't you just move back in with your mom and get her oh, to cook for you? Stop. And, you know, I live uh, I live independently. I live in Vancouver. My mom doesn't even live here in town. And I, I think I kind of gave her a snarky answer. But in my head, I'm going like, come on. Like, this isn't even counselor level stuff. This is like, mm-hmm. I could get this answer from some guy uh, in a van. On the street. <laughs> yeah, the exactly. So. Exactly. Wow. I mean, uh, yeah, there's no real way to transition from this to your second article, but it is it is a shame to hear hear about that example and about this whole thing altogether about medical gaslighting, but really informative nonetheless, Grant. Yeah, I was looking for a good segue. I'm going to just go go with on a lighter note. Mm -hmm. um, Thank you. We've got an article from the Globe, Globe and Mail talking about uh, ways to save money on your grocery bill. So, you know, Canada's food inflation rate since May has been on the rise. We're talking about uh, up to 10%, and especially restaurant food, but also uh, dairy, baked goods are on the rise. So they have some tips for how to save money on your grocery bills. Uh, one of them is to buy local and in-season fruits. But also, this one surprised me, don't overlook frozen options that are out-of-season fresh produce, which can be considerably less expensive than imported vegetables and fruit. And believe it or not, they can actually have more nutrients because they're uh, uh, flash frozen right after harvest. Uh, Don't forget to trade meat for beans and lentils sometimes uh, and try and integrate more of a plant-based diet uh, if you can. Of course, people's dietary restrictions have to be taken into account. Uh, And they also suggest coming up with a meal plan not only to integrate those other foods into your meal plan, but to make sure that you're not wasting food because that's definitely throwing cash in the trash. Uh, how do you guys feel about your grocery and uh, restaurant sticker shock? I got to tell you, I have significant restaurant and sticker shock. I will go, <laughs> go to the go to the grocery store and almost say, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. 
And half of it, I would, okay, let's not go as far as to say half. Let's, let's say about a quarter. A quarter of it is more of a want versus a need. And then I get up to the, the, the cash and I'm like, what do you mean this is what the cost is? And it's like, yeah, but then if we sort through it at the end of the week and looking at how much you're throwing out, and when you said that, I, I thought to myself, yeah, I'm guilty of that because it's easy in the store you go and you look and you say, oh, I'm going to make that on, you know, Wednesday or whatever. And then things just happen. And so for me, what I'm learning to do is really kind of crunching myself and going to the grocery store and saying, what is it we need at this moment in time, as opposed to just going through this mass shop and then throwing the food away. It's it's not a good feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and also, like, along with that meal planning you're describing, Brock, I'm finding as you want to eat more fresh, more organic, more uh, clean, right? Like cleaner meat, cleaner, locally grown, locally sourced organic stuff. Uh, it feels like you're you're also adding that onto your expenses, right? When you see the comparison sometimes between organic and non-organic, it's like a couple dollars, which is, um, it, it feels like a huge jump. So there is a lot of balancing that goes on. I don't know, Grant, if you have anything... Um, specific, but that's what I find the hardest to eat organic and eat clean along with um, trying to save money. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. I think honestly, my big problem uh, when I order through a food delivery service is uh, that essentially there are always a couple of items that are out of, when I'm talking food delivery service, I'm talking about like Instacart or where they shop in the store for you and bring Mm -hmm. it to you um there are always one or two items that are out of stock right so let's say you want to make a pasta dinner you order your sauce you order your meat you order your spices this and that and they'll come back to you and say you know we had everything uh, except that we didn't have the ground beef and you know we didn't have your you know bread that you wanted but we have all your like your peanut butter (laughs) whatever and then it's kind of like, oh, okay, great. Like you basically don't have my lunch or my dinners for the week that I was hoping for. Um, so that's definitely always an issue. But I think that definitely is one of those things where you just have to uh, figure out your system, work with the community, uh, you know, obviously, you know, learn how to get your groceries in the most efficient way possible. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really great thought, you know, keeping tabs on what's going on. In fact, I love shopping with um, a a person, like a customer service representative mm-hmm. at the grocery store, because I find that they know. Like, I might not be actively looking for sales or deals or what's fresh and what's not and what's being thrown out today, so might as well buy it. Um, it, it that kind of stuff is very helpful information. But, you know, if you're not looking through flyers, like I'm not, uh, um, then you, it, it's harder. He makes such a great point. We always, we didn't have a lot of money growing up, but the one thing my mom never sort of skimped on was was food. And the way she did it was exactly that. Coupon mm-hmm. clip and $2 off here and $3 there. You kind of yeah. go like, really? But it all adds up and that is difficult to do unless you really have that support behind you. So that's, exactly. that's great that you're able to find that community. There's always a version of, hey, if you go late, the stuff is half off. Thank you so much, Grant. Appreciate all the conversation. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. Take care. 
Grant Hardy will join us on Friday for some more headlines, this time more lifestyle. After the break, we're talking television and Thanksgiving with Greg David. This is Kelly and Company, where we talk about a lot of great, relatable things. Groceries, saving money, how to feel like you can, you know, save a little bit as inflation kicks in and prices get higher and higher and higher. So high, you can't even reach anymore. Well, that's the kind of conversations we have on our health talk with uh, with Grant Hardy. And it was a really interesting, you know, couple tips as well as perspectives on how this affects us individually. All kinds of stuff like that. Tune into Kelly and Company 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday to Friday. I'm Ramia Amuthan. Co-hosting with me today is Brock Richardson. It's time for one of my favorite topics all around, and that's to talk TV. To do that, let's bring on Greg David. I'm Greg David, and I love television, reality shows, dramas, sitcoms, and documentaries. I watch them all. I'm excited to share my passion for the television industry with you in front of and behind the cameras as it changes and evolves. With Thanksgiving happening for Canadians this weekend, you wanted to chat with us about what we're thankful for when it comes to TV and entertainment over the past year. Welcome to the program, Greg, and nice to have you along. And I got to tell you, you made me think through this segment because I know there are some (laughs) questions coming for us during this segment as well. Yeah, it's always important to make you guys think. I can't do all the heavy lifting. So, yeah, so I appreciate the two of you helping me out with this segment today. Yes, so let's start with um, what television show are you most thankful for this year? Yeah, that was a hard one. When I was coming up with the questions, I thought, oh, I need to answer these too. But I think um, when it comes right down to it, um, Afterlife, which is available on Netflix, is probably the one that I'm the television show I'm most thankful for this year. Uh, it's created by and starring Ricky Gervais, and he plays a character named Tony who is still mourning the loss of his wife, Lisa. And he considers taking his own life uh, in the first season of the show because he can't take um, the oppression um, that's kind of enveloped him. Um, He's drinking too much and uh, spends a lot of time watching home videos of Lisa when she was first diagnosed with cancer. And she's kind of left him a bunch of video diaries um, that, that really just kind of keep him, you know, feeling sorry for himself and not really moving on. Uh, And, you know, kind of compounding that is the dog that they have, and it the dog that they shared together is is obviously still there with Tony, and it forces him to worry about another another life other than his own, and really it's the dog that kind of pulls him out of that depression, um, and it's really a look at life, what life can be like after loss, because he's just kind of given up, and he says whatever he wants to to the people that he works with, which can, you know, leads to very, very funny moments. I mean, anything that's made by Ricky Gervais is always pushes the boundaries, but is always really, really funny. But he also writes things that are very, very uh, poignant and thoughtful as well. And so by the the time that the final episode of the final season was broadcast on Netflix this year, I was a weeping ball. Um, And anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't. Did you watch it? Uh, Did you? No, I didn't watch it. But if it made you cry, I'll watch it. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it did. It also led to a lot of questions as well. And I don't want to ruin, uh, you know, kind of that, that ending, just that it did have a lot of people talking and a lot of people agreeing mm-hmm. that it was a wonderful, a wonderful show. Um, so that's the one that I'm most thankful for. R- Rami, what about you? Have you got a show that you're thankful for from this year? Yeah, so I'm late. Like you guys already know, right? I already only watch things after they've completed and finished, so I don't have to wait for the next season or something like that. Yeah. So Modern Family is uh, the mm. show that I discovered this year. And luckily there were, what, 10, 11 seasons? Oh, there's so much. Yeah. And I've already started the rewatch. But this is the the comfort show for me this year. This is the, like every year I find something, hopefully, that mm-hmm. makes me feel good, that I can just kind of curl up with, that I can reminisce on the the characters and say, oh man, you know, if we, like you're the Phil in my life or you're the Claire in my life, that kind, <laughs> right. of, that kind of thing. And so it's, it's definitely my cozy comfort. Um, I loved how long it was, how much we got to see characters grow and the development of um, everybody's lives. And honestly, the diversity you know, there, mm-hmm. there's a lot of different del- relationship dynamics, the ups and downs, and the kind of like cute little lesson after every episode that, okay, family matters. You know, th- th- that stuff was just um, adorable to me, but also in real life, you know, we have moments where we're so um, frustrated with other people in our lives, but yeah. hopefully we can come to that moment that they do on Modern Family every single episode. Awesome. Brock, what about you? For me, it's anything reality TV show based, but I'm going to focus <laughs> on Survivor. Survivor has been uh, part of my life for more than half of my life. Um, <laughs> I, I was watching, uh, I was at a friend's house uh, last weekend and they have a, a channel where it's uh, 24-7 uh, Survivor where it goes like back to different episodes and i couldn't believe how much younger jeff propes was yeah. like 21 years ago and you think to yourself that's what he's known for like this is what he does this is his yeah. job and uh, as time has gone on of course jeff and everybody else has gotten older and all this but survivor is just that that show and any reality show really is is just that show where you can just kind of turn it on you can focus on it but it's not like you're indebtedly focus on it you can sort of watch mm-hmm. have conversation mm-hmm. in the background but it's that it's that comfort that you, yeah. you just know survivors always gonna be there eventually it won't but it right now it's always there and it, you always can rely on you know two seasons uh per per year and and yeah. that's you know that's the way it is and so for me that's the one I, one i would pick great take it away from our own lives for a bit right reality yes. TV. yeah Okay, how about TV channel or service, Greg? What anything you're most thankful for this year? Yeah, I'm thankful for CBC Gem. Uh, it's uh, the free version is available. It's it's CBC's streaming service, and you can download it to your phone or put it on your Apple TV or your smart television as well, uh, your laptop too. Uh, the free version does have ads in it, so you can pay a little bit extra if you want to have no ads. But the free version is just fine, and it offers all of CBC's original series, so Heartland, Murdoch Mysteries, The Great Canadian Baking Show, uh, Brock's other favorite um, television reality show, Family Feud. Canada is available Mm -hmm. on there as well. But it also offers up international hits like Ghosts, which is a great British comedy, Ramya, that you and Kelly and I have talked about before. 
Um, there's the great dark British drama Luther with Idris Elba that is fantastic, uh, that if you haven't seen that, you need to check that out. And also a couple of other uh, British shows. Call the Midwife is a period drama about uh, a nunnery in London and the women that are helping, uh, the, the nuns that are helping pregnant women in the city around the First World War. And also Sherlock, the reimagining of the Sherlock Holmes story with Martin Freeman and Benedict Cumberbatch. That is all available on CBC Gem as well. Uh, so those are just the international ones. And then there's great Canadian films like Indian Horse, Goalie, and Brooklyn that are available on CBC Gem as well. So it's kind of a one-stop shop for Canadian and international programs. Uh, uh, what about uh, what about you, Brock? Have you got a like a favorite uh, TV channel or service that you're thankful for? Well, you, uh, I'm gonna add to CBC. I just love what they what they bring. I think that CBC has uh, done a wonderful job. A lot of people say that one of the things that sort of helped CBC along was CBC Gem, but in yeah. addition to that was. Uh, Family Feud Canada, and I mean, I'm a little biased because I have a bit of a personal relationship with all of them over there. But yeah, I, it, you know, Jerry D, I I got into watching Mr. D because of my involvement with Family Feud Canada, and I just think everything he touches is just you know hilarious. He has ability to work with children, adults, mm -hmm. everything like that. And then on top of that, I also really like uh, anything that you know Fox will do. You know they. They also have some some good stuff on there. You know, Gordon Ramsay's all over Fox. Uh, right. Steve Harvey's all over Fox with different things that he does. And and again, when you look at Steve Harvey, anything he touches is just utterly hilarious. So for me, it's Fox in addition to what you said with CBC. All right, perfect. What about you, Ramya? Yeah, I mean, I can't pick one because I'm a flip-flopper, but the <laughs> Netflix, the Disney Plus, and the CBC Gem for real because they offer free service, right? Like, you don't yeah. even need to upgrade and subscribe. That's only if you really um, hmm. want to get rid of the ads. But the accessibility is always in mind. I'm talking navigation to mm -hmm. audio description to captioning. Um, and then... Disney and uh, Netflix, because they have a lot of audio description available as well. Um, but CBC Gem, th there's always a special spot in our hearts for them because they're Canadian. And they're yep. doing well with the access. Agree. And so let's move towards the uh, big screen. What are you thankful as for a movie franchise this past year? Yeah, I was having to kind of dig deep on this because, of course, you know, it's easy to think, oh, what did I go and see in the movie theaters this year? Oh, wait, I didn't go to a movie theater this year because <laughs> exactly. of the pandemic. Uh, but, I, but I've got to say uh, The Batman. So this dark reimagining of the DC character that was written by Matt Reeves and Peter Craig. Uh, it really ended up being a murder mystery that was really entertaining and, you know, and also, of course, a superhero movie. And I was pleasantly surprised by Robert Pat Pattinson uh, as Bruce Wayne slash Batman. I thought he was just great. Um, Zoe Kravitz was fantastic as Selena Kyle uh, slash Catwoman. Paul Dano as the Riddler was great. Uh, the Batman was almost three hours long, and I, I think it was worth every minute of it. There was not like any downtime in the film where I thought, well, I can you know kind of pause this or just let it roll while I gra grab a drink or a snack. I was engrossed in that movie the whole time. So I got to say the Batman. Rami, what about you? Nice. I'm sorry, but I don't have an answer for this because I haven't watched a movie all year. I think I did, but I can't remember it. Okay. Brock, how about you? 
for me, I it's funny when I saw this question, I thought, well, I haven't gone to see an actual movie, so I yeah. it sort of cheated and I and I picked a uh, movie that I saw on Netflix called The uh, Home Team, which follows Sean Payton, believe it or not, sports reference, who uh, after two years after he uh, wins the Super Bowl, he goes back and he teaches his kids uh, his kids team, and I just think there was a bit of comedy a little bit of life lesson there was a whole bunch in that movie and i and i just loved it all the way around cool nice okay last thing on the list and we have a couple minutes to go through it you and i and kelly and maybe brocky too love audiobooks i know jeff's loving audiobooks these days so was there one that came out in the past year or that you read recently that you're thankful for greg yeah, uh, Stephen King's latest book uh, called Fairy Tale. Uh, he wrote it during the pandemic and wanted to write something that was kind of a feel good um, uh, book. And this is a lot, it has a lot like uh, his previous kind of fantasy book that he wrote years and years ago called The Eyes of the Dragon. Fairy Tale is a lot like that. It's about a teenager. Uh, Fairy Tale is about a teenager named Charlie Reed who discovers a fantastic world under the earth in his neighbor's backyard. And it takes him on an epic adventure that combines classic fairy tale into one story it's about bravery love loyalty there's a dog in there that you can't help but fall in love with so i just loved fairy tale um it's kind of stuck with me and it's probably going to be a book of his that i go back and reread again um what about you ramia you got a book or an audio book i've yeah i've uh well i've been listening to a couple stephen kings not this new one though but i really enjoyed um I loved all the Stephen King, but the one that comes to mind 100% is The Invisible Life of Adi LaRue by V.E. Schwab. And this one mm. was a long read. It was a long mm-hmm. one for me. And maybe that's why I remember it more most vividly, but it was so poetic. It was uh, kind of a fantasy of this uh, young woman who sells her soul to the devil and then um, she gets her wish, but she's immortal now and she not loves it she has to deal with the consequences and challenges of living Mm. forever because though she lives forever nobody knows her she's completely invisible to to humankind so Mm. it's a fantastic concept so well written i love it so you know it was uh, very well performed as well available on sila available on audible available everywhere brocky really quickly do you have a pick uh, yes, I picked the uh, book called Taking the Game by Storm, Sidney Crosby. He was the first uh, athlete that I followed as a kid. And so to learn the, the pressures and the trials and the tribulations, all that through his book was really, really amazing. Loved that book. Uh, was fun to read. So there you that's go. what I would pick. Three recommendations from us. Greg, thanks so much for uh, putting us to some work and we got some uh, good recommendations out of today's segment and some good topics as well. Yeah, thank you so much. I made notes on all of this stuff. I'm going to check them all out. Thank you. Yay. Awesome. So for Greg, it was more of a uh, wish list that he wanted to build while we were telling him (laughs) recommendations. Greg David joins us every other Wednesday to talk TV and everything that goes along with it. We'll be back with Ryan Delahanty for our regional content report after the break. (music) 
Check out all your favorite AMI original audio podcasts on your favorite podcasting platform, you know, by downloading, liking, subscribing. There's a lot out there, along with Kelly and company, but there's tons of it out there, too. We'll give you some teases in a bit. Uh, But also, to add to the list of things to watch and listen to from AMI, you can check out video podcasts on YouTube, which uh, spent some time with Ardra Shepard, host of Tripping on Air, earlier this week and that's a wonderful podcast you can check on there's the neutral zone with brock richardson and the gang that you can check out on youtube there's so many fantastic additions to the video podcast family on ami this is kelly and company i'm ramia amuddin co-hosting here with brock richardson it's time for our regional content report today we're joined by ryan delahanty who is AMI Content Development Specialist in Halifax. Ryan, how are you? Good. Nice to be joining you, Brock, and uh, you too, of course, Ramya. Thank you. As always, the last time we spoke to you just after, uh, there was a tropical storm, Fiona, swept across Atlantic Canada, left many without power for a week or even more than that. As a result, Disability Advocates is hoping for some help from for the vulnerable sector and they're starting a new registry can you tell us more about it please if you would absolutely so it um in the wake of fiona artist and disability advocate and Camozzi was interviewed by cbc and uh, she'd felt really disconnected from the rest of her community near Antigonish, Nova Scotia, following the storm. Uh, Kamozi uses a wheelchair, and after her power went out, her phone lines were also down, and she really had only her radio to try and get updates on what was happening in the world outside of her home. Um, there were some comfort centers nearby, but they weren't announced ahead of the hurricane. Uh, so without access to telecommunications, finding out where these centers were, uh, what they might offer, whether or not they're accessible, if there's accessible transport to get there, uh, that was all a big question mark. And uh, obviously, uh, things could be a lot better organized. And, uh, you know, she felt this was a huge issue where 30% of Nova Scotians identify as having a disability and those wow. that are living in rural areas where services are more spread out are often even more impacted. The power outages last longer. There are fewer resources to tap into. And uh, so with the CBC article, they ident- interviewed some uh, other individuals that had similar impacts from the storm and they had concerns about if uh, an evacuation was necessary from their apartment building, uh, is that even possible if the elevators are without power and the individual needing to be evacuated can't climb the stairs, uh, you know, can emergency services deal with that? Do they have a plan? Do they know how to go about it? Um, You know, if their medical devices are uh, inoperable without power, there's a lot of issues uh, related to that. And so Anne Camozzi, the activist, uh, had the idea that they really need to have a provincial vulnerable persons registry um, that can help uh, people with disabilities, uh, senior citizens through the aftermath of the next storm. And so she thinks this should be a voluntary uh, registry that people can, you know, put their details forward. And it would be a great way to protect these people, make sure that emergency services are aware of where they are and what assistance they may need uh, when we do have another storm or event like this. Sure. And, you know, the the thing that comes to mind with as you talk about this is that 
everybody gets in in a in a bit of a state where it's like what's next but then we sort of take for granted the idea that oh well if something happens i can just evacuate the building i can do this i can do that but it's the vulnerable people that ryan you take that to another step and it's like well if i can't get out of the building then what and that that becomes a real problem and so this registry is fantastic i love it i think it's something that should be uh, Canada-wide, really, to be honest with you. Um, can you tell us a little bit more of the specifics and how this registry would work? So the hope is that the registry would be complete with locations, and that's often the problem is just knowing these people are there when telecommunications are down uh, they may not be able to raise the red flag in the moment. So knowing this all in advance is critical. Um, so people, you know, they would list their locations, uh, what kind of disabilities they may have, and really uh, have a personalized plan in case of emergencies tailored to uh, whatever their specific needs are based on their ability, their location, the nature of uh, the building that they may live in, uh, whatever other factors may be at play. So in the uh, CBC Main Street interview with Kamozi, uh, they'd also spoken with a representative uh, from um, other jurisdictions where they have similar registries. So in Waterloo, they had discussed uh, that it's really a collaborative effort. I think the focus is a little bit less on storms and emergency preparedness um, than maybe people uh, who might have uh, Alzheimer's or dementia, you know, leaving their homes and wandering into the community. Uh, but it was a joint effort between police, uh, different third-party community organizations like the Alzheimer's Society, um, so that they could, uh, you know, People with loved ones with dementia or Alzheimer's, um, communications issues, other concerns could enter information about this person, including special interests, pictures, challenges they may have, and an address that can be used in a case of emergency. Um, in the wake of this storm, there was some talk that a couple individual jurisdictions in the province do keep rep records of their vulnerable community members, and the province itself had published a guide to emergency preparedness for people with disabilities and seniors back in September. September of 2021, uh, but awareness around these seems to be quite low, and they don't look to have been of much benefit during this recent storm. And so ultimately, Kamozi feels there's been a lack of political will to this point and really wants the province to step up and make significant changes in order to protect our most vulnerable citizens. Uh, she had told the CBC, concluding the interview, that there is no neighborhood check-in system, there's no senior check-in system, there's no planning for people with disabilities or vulnerable adults. Sometimes we flag these things after the storm, but it kind of loses momentum before the next one comes to get something in place. And so they, you know, been through a lot of this with COVID and in these sorts of emergencies like hurricanes, they feel like they're often the forgotten population. This is really incredible um, initiative. And even just before the initiative, the thought of saying, hey, you know, this stuff is uh, falling between the cracks. Let's make sure that that doesn't happen. The advocacy is so um is really powerful here. So thank you for highlighting that, Rye. And moving to a second story, a little different from the first one, about reaching people in their homes, Mackie's Mobile Studio. Tell us about this one. I thought this was a really cool initiative, a new business from Pictou County hip-hop artist Jordan Mackie, um, also interviewed, I think, for CBC. And they had discussed 
how um, growing up they would have to travel three hours just to get studio access. And since then, they found that many other musicians and artists face similar barriers to accessing recording studios, whether that be distance, the accessibility of the studio, uh, transportation to get there, the costs involved, uh, so many other factors that are at play. And so in April, uh, Mackie's Mobile Studio launched, which is a door-to-door music production studio aimed at artists who have trouble accessing traditional studios to record, whatever that reason may be, uh, including, you know, especially those living in rural Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and Prince Edward Island. Uh, Mackie didn't want other artists to have the same struggles they did, driving three hours to the studio, paying for gas, food, hotel, and the studio time. Mm. And uh, they'd had incidents where they would, you know, cover all these costs, you know, put your heart and soul into the music you're making and then not get the recordings back and have to, you know, go through those battles as well. And so having some downtime during the pandemic, lots of music ideas they wanted to fulfill. Uh, Mackie was compelled to build the mobile studio and realize how much it could do to fix some of the accessibility challenges for other artists in Nova Scotia. You know, this is uh, something that I can totally see getting a lot of uptake because there are endless amount of artists and musicians and people with so much potential who literally because of these barriers can't get to their art. So how has the mobile uh, studio been received so far? It seems like very positive reception, exactly that, especially if you're Mm -hmm. just getting started. It can be very intimidating, you know, for that studio time. Maybe you don't feel like you kind of have enough technical know-how or whatever other issues. So I think this makes it a lot more approachable and sounds like a lot friendlier uh, sort of environment where you're where you're comfortable, right? They're coming to you and bringing what you need for what you want to accomplish. And so uh, it sounds like Mackie's been very busy driving all over the region from their home base in Picto, uh, producing for a wide range of artists. Uh, They found it really rewarding for people that, you know, aren't able to get out of the house. Uh, so that might be due to COVID, mental health concerns, or just a lack of other studios in the area. Uh, so one happy client uh, interviewed by CBC was Tevin Nicholas, otherwise known as hip hop artist Kush, uh, with the dollar sign, uh, who performs in both English and Mi'kmaq. And in the past, he'd often had to make a three and a half hour drive to record. Uh, and this was before his car broke down. And he'd found that he was be a bit burnt out from the drive, maybe not feeling, you know, ready to go once the studio time uh, arrives. And, you know, had some incidents where they'd arrive at the end of that three and a half hour drive to realize they forgot a piece of equipment back at home. Mm. Uh, so those little frustrations Ugh. can come up pretty easily. And uh, Nicholas said that Mackie's mobile studio rates are as affordable as the other studios, but it comes right to him. Uh, they've struck up a great working relationship. And that's key to is having, uh, you know, a collaborator and somebody that kind of gets what you want to do. And so they've struck up a great relationship and Mackie can produce a song for Nicholas within the same day of it being recorded. Uh, another artist interviewed was from Halifax, where, you know, there are more options for studio spaces in the city. Uh, and Megan St. Rose, a vocalist for heavy metal band Vormir and also a pop and folk artist, uh, was thrilled with Mackie's service. And she had said that uh, where she deals with companies complex PTSD, ADHD, and anxiety. Going to certain home studios had been a triggering experience. Uh, Even though you're paying by the hour for that studio space you're using, uh, you may not have very much control over it to where people involved, people in the space, you know, it's part of the culture. Sometimes they might bring substances. You're not comfortable being around. Other issues might arise. And so having Mackie come set up in her home was much more comfortable, helped her to relax in her own environment and deliver a stronger performance as a result. So fantastic. Real quickly in a couple of seconds, what's next for the studio and how can people get involved? 
So Mackie says they're producing for more than a dozen clients, and they're hoping to, instead of setting up in your home, uh, be able to offer a fully mobile recording studio inside of a van in the future. Uh, so easiest way to reach them if you're in the region and uh, want to check out what they're offering, if it might be a good fit for your music production, you know, maybe podcasting too. Uh, Mackie Music, so M-A-C-K-I-E-M-U-S-I-K at gmail.com. Or the website is Mackie's Mobile Studio, M-A-C-K-I-E-S, Mobile Studio, at, dot com for the website. Great stuff, as always, uh, Ryan. Really appreciate it. And thank you for joining us. My pleasure. We'll talk soon. Have a great show, guys. You as well. Uh, that was Ryan Delahanty, who joins us from Halifax for our regional content development reports. And they join us on Wednesdays and Fridays here on Kelly & Company. We're talking money with Ryan Chin in the second hour. We're also getting to cook with Mary Mamaliti. She has some grocery store buys that we need to check out, she says. But after the break, we have The Buzz with Bill Shackleton. snack in the afternoon anymore i'm not really sure if this is a regular snack time for people i was thinking of telling everybody to reach for their snacks and tune in for the second hour of kelly and company but i thought about it and i'm like huh 2 3 p.m not really snack time though maybe you're having a late lunch and that's what you're eating while you're tuning into kelly and company live and if you miss any of the live show of course we are on every eight hours with the new schedule on AMI audio so check us out now or check us out in eight hours I'm Ramia Amuthan here with Brock Richardson and we have another couple great conversations for you starting with the buzz with Bill Shackleton producer Bill Shackleton joins us on Wednesdays Thursdays and Fridays and we go through a lot of different things here Billy now there's not usually a theme so is there a theme today Actually, there is. Um, oh, the I just theme, guessed that. Wow. Yeah. I'm excited. Okay, How do you it? know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There isn't usually, but in this case, we're talking about uh, relics and things that are sort of going the way of modern technology, extinction, this sort of thing. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. To to change or not to change with technology? Uh, yeah. They, to uh, Well, I'm hoping they don't change, but apparently, mm-hmm. unfortunately, they are. Okay. Hmm. What's the first thing changing? First thing is payphones. Payphones are relics for the average Canadian, but a lifeline for those without uh, other options. Um, The Globe and Mail is bringing us this story. So there is a gentleman that has started the Bell uh, Telephone Project, and what he's doing is he's filming phone booths and uh, basically what he's he's drawing attention to the fact that phone booths are um well they you know they, they're very essential in local areas i'm going to give you a, some some interesting numbers i believe the article says said that 99.7 percent of canadians have access to coverage but it doesn't say how many that, that have access how can actually afford this coverage and the basically what the article was pointing out that 
they're in local areas um, where people that are elderly, people that, that don't have a phone or can't afford a cell plan, or maybe they forget their phones, there's still a, a need for these phones. And the article highlighted a general a phone in the general store that in Vancouver or BC that had just been taken out. And it's just, I mean, for some of us that that that, that haven't used a phone in years, um, you know, we may not appreciate how invaluable these things are, especially to uh, you know, the the elderly to people that are in in emergency services, what happens when Rogers went down? What about all the payphones? Where were all the phones? You, you know took what I mean? Like there's, yeah. You took the words right out of my mouth. As you were saying this, I'm thinking, well, what about the Rogers outage? Like, I could have absolutely used a, a payphone that day. Now, whether or not I could find a quarter or 50 cents is, yeah. is a whole other story, but it may not even be 50 cents now. I have no idea what the pay, payphones I don't, yeah, cost, but I don't still... Know. The, the the point is is that that was a day I was supposed to do the neutral zone when it was live the the you know the Rogers outage I didn't know I had no access to phone no access to email nothing and thankfully the person I was with I uh, had a had a bell phone but if I wasn't with them I would have been really really screwed and that's just one broad yeah. example Bill I mean there are people that can't afford phone plans, you know, and we right. just need to pay as you go for simply emergency situations. And I know it seems like a novel concept, but it's so true, Bill, that people need access to be able to get a hold of people in emergency situations, as we were just talking to Ryan Delahanty about that very same thing. And the, what is kind of interesting is that um, in the U.S., what they've done in, in in New York, which is very interesting, is they've converted the phone booths into sort of hotspots where they'll provide a um, a tablet where you can at least make phone calls, mm -hmm. uh, free phone calls, and get directions. And uh, uh, the communication companies, as the article pointed out, um, they basically are saying that two things. First of all, that that these phones aren't making a profit. But as you well know, we're one of the highest paying. We pay for, for a lot of money for our cell plans. We, we're paying the highest, one of the highest in the world. Why can't they run run these pay phones for nothing? They're making money hand over fist. Um, I was going to just us. say, what are we what are we worried about? The the prop, yeah. the bottom dollar of the person that's putting the phone bill up, or are we more worried about people and their well being? Because I could care less. That they're not making money off of this because as you very well no. point out they're already making money hand over fist anyways yeah um it's it's just and the the other thing that is is that it it just it's why can't we if if they if they can do it in new york why can't they do it here i mean they do have phones in the subway and and that's a good thing they have pay phones in the subway stations so it's just you know why? You know what? I don't know. I just don't understand <coughs> why they don't have them. Why they're discontinuing in local areas where people need them most. Mm. And it's interesting too. We really do have to shout out these individuals, who, like the the what is it? The Payphone Project on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. 
they're taking initiative for something that they don't even necessarily have challenges with, right? These individuals who are like, okay, I don't use pay phones, but I know that others do. And we know that this is important. Guys, look how much we're paying for cell phone bills. People can't afford these things. Let's let people have an emergency uh, option. And, and they're, they're struggling, but they're trying their best to preserve and to send out this message that we need to be aware of. Uh, yeah, it is. I, I do hope that this, all this effort is for something and that we can, yeah. you know, go forward. Whoever takes accountability and responsibility for it, I hope that it does happen. Billy, what else? Well, we're going from pay phones to safety deposit boxes. These getting extinct so too? Yeah, they are in, in okay. New York. And in, in actually in, um, I think the bank is called at Chase, um, Chase Morgan, actually. Um, they are discontinuing new um, safe deposit boxes. So if you already have one, essentially you can keep that. Um, the, again, what the banks are, that bank is particularly saying is it safety boxes? Well, first of all, they take up a lot of room, and as you well know, banks b- banks are changing. They're smaller. There's less staff, and people are you know people have. I mean, when you when you know you use these safety deposit boxes because people you don't want to leave your jewels and that wills and that at home in case there's a phone in case there's a break in. People don't want to have a safe. So that's why they use these safety deposit boxes. And it's it's too, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do if without a safety deposit box? So for them, basically, this is not a good business yeah. endeavor anymore, right? That's apparently, what's happening? Apparently, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's costing money because they need special to train special staff to handle the requests. And, you know, when you go into a bank now, it's like they're so small. There's not very, as many staff people. They're cutting they're cutting costs all around, even in mm-hmm. this. You know, if you have to talk to somebody in a bank today, good luck. And I'm, but you I know. mean, where is your stuff supposed to go? I, don't like, know, I would never is... feel comfortable leaving the kinds of things that people live in, uh, leave in safety deposit boxes in my house. In yeah, my rental apartment unit. Yeah, yeah. Where is it yeah, going to go? In my storage I facility? I don't know. But, you know, banks have this reputation, right? Like, you can leave your stuff at the bank. You can feel that your money, your stuff, your jewelry, your gold is secure. And if banks are just saying, no, no, this is not working out for out, working out for us anymore because you, the business side of it, we're just losing money. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. So the Bank of Canada yeah. store my stuff? I don't know. The, yeah, the I most, know. Pu- it did, the, it the most puzzling it. thing to me is that, like, this is all coming down to the dollar. And, yeah, uh, like, well, exactly. It, all of this is coming down to the dollar, and nobody's looking and going, well, what about the, the person? And if you go to, to you know, your, your, your insurance, one, one, and, and they say, well, I had this stolen because I didn't have a safety deposit box because I can't find them anymore. The insurance isn't going to be sympathetic to you. They're going to no. think you were a foolish tenant and you didn't secure Why didn't your you stuff. Put it in and the bank, so, they will ask. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's too bad. Hopefully too it doesn't happen. Bad. 
I, I just, okay, this is not one of these things where, um, you know, you go, oh, okay. Like, okay, let's go back to the payphones for a second. It's like saying, uh, you know, there's, we don't need payphones anymore because we got cell phones, which is a reasonable argument. Like we are actually moving with technology, but where is all our jewelry going? It's not becoming virtual. Yeah, like, that's right. I can't just store. <laughs> I can't just store my jewelry on a USB. Where's all this physical no. stuff going? I don't know what to do about this information. <laughs> yeah, but I don't anyway, know. <laughs> anyway, I don't know if you want to squeeze the last one in, but uh, let's let's scratch our heads about that one for a bit. Yeah. Um, well, we can do the the, the Met. The Metropolitan Opera is streaming. Um, it's going to be starting streaming their operas um, they're going virtual. into your home. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're going virtual. Now right. this is live, so you you know. So the idea is that you can. There's 170 countries, including Canada, where you're going to be able to get live opera. And you you could always do that, but this is um, you go you only got the audio. So this is live. So I guess if you're an opera lover. You'll be able to stream live operas. I think it's fifteen to twenty dollars an opera, and I just wonder the accessibility. It didn't even mention if the operas were going to be an accessible format, mm. or even if they are. Uh, I'm not going to lie because opera is already so inaccessible, in my opinion. There's a very specific initiatives trying to get opera and some shows to be accessible like we talk to opera atelier uh representatives at least once a year on the show and they're making it happen but i don't know if the met's making it happen but thanks billy we'll keep posted okay keep you posted mm-hmm. two out of three things going extinct we're gonna take a break and come back with some money talk ryan chin is gonna join us for that we'll be right back on kelly and company You're tuning into Kelly and Company on a Wednesday afternoon. Thanks for joining us as we continue to have lots of new conversations. This upcoming one being a great example. We are um, learning things all the time and questioning things all the time as we just finished with Bill Scratching our heads. (laughs) Scratching our heads about where our jewelry is going to go. Do you have a lot of jewelry, Brocky? Nope, and I'm not going to get any now because I can't get a safety deposit box. (laughs) Yeah, because they're closing down all your (laughs) options for where you're going to store that jewelry. Oh, man. Are we a bit dramatic? Maybe. Maybe, but still. These are real questions, people. Let's get into our money talk. We're going to do this once a month with certified financial planner Ryan Chin. And this is going to be on the first Wednesday of every month. Ryan, welcome to Kelly and Company. Hey, thank you so much, Romeo and Brock. We're yep. really looking forward to this because we just finished about banks. So couldn't have planned this out better. Oh, oh, <laughs> and I heard a little bit around, uh, you know, where do you put, put your jewelry? Uh, yes. Keep it safe. Yeah, yeah. 
Exactly. So, I mean, we're we're not going to talk about that at all with you today. We're actually chatting about RDSP Awareness Month, um, which is fantastic. But before we get to that, can we talk to you about you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Right. Well, thanks so much. I do appreciate uh, getting this time uh, to have a little chat with folks and, and share some knowledge about money talks. So, um, yeah. So, uh, and again, my name is Ryan Shin. So I'm a certified financial planner, certified like underwriter, and uh, have a have an MBA. So really, all of this is to say is I went to a little bit of extra school to to be able to help uh, our clients uh, properly make decisions to to help plan you know plan for the future, make good decisions today, and uh, ensure that they're you know on track. Um, you know, I have a, a company, it's called Paradox Financial Solutions. I have uh, contracted with Sunlight Financial. And uh, through my company, I've got two staff who help me ensure that uh, all the service gets to uh, be properly taken care of for each one of our clients. So that we're able to, to tailor that service appropriately and make sure that they're well attended to. And so uh, to dig a little bit deeper... What is a financial planner and what is the purpose of having an advisor? Brock, that is uh, that's a great question. One thing I should mention to uh, to your listeners uh, is I'm also vision impaired. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. so uh, that that is kind of an important distinction uh, when when you consider uh, working with somebody um, to that they can completely understand where you're coming. From and some of the uh, specific needs that you may have going forward. So, to your question, Brock, what is a financial planner? You know, what is why is it important to have a planner or a financial advisor in your corner? Well, my role, uh, my my role, you know, as a planner of some life is to ensure that each person has good holistic advice. Um, you know, it's it's important to understand that we're not here just to focus on you know, maximizing those great returns. Uh, But it's about looking at each individual uh, from a holistic standpoint. So, you know, what is it that you want to do today? Where is it that you want to go tomorrow? And how can we create a roadmap for you to get there? And um, whether that's building out a, a saving strategy, whether that's putting some proper protection in place, maybe that's, uh, looking at your investments and, and, and properly positioning them, all of those pieces make up sort of the importance of having an advisor. But where, where you want to take that next, next step of having a financial planner is, uh, you know, they're there as your partner uh, moving forward. So they're there to answer some questions, you know, uh, questions like, you know, whether or not, you know, should, should I purchase that house today or should I push it off for another five years? You know, what's the best use of this inheritance I just received? Or, you know, um, there's a myriad of questions that we get each and every day. And, uh, you know, it's having a partner in your corner to make sure that you're able to uh, make good, confident decisions as, uh, as you move forward in life. Yeah, and that's why I, I really loved that you pointed out about the um the holistic portion of it because the 
trust that you have with any of these kind of relationships, right, with your doctor, with your financial planner, with your um, whoever, it, it it feels like that that trust, that meshing um, is important. Like if you're going to go to someone about your money, you do want to be able to consider what they they tell you is the best for you. And um, so like all the different all the different yeah, scenarios you pointed out are really uh, good. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, for sure. Robbie. And, and you know what? Through holistic planning, an advisor really gets to know who you are. They ask them mm-hmm. those important questions to sort of dig a little deeper uh, to, to truly understand who you are, what are your values and where you want to go. And, and that helps frame out the relationship that you have with that individual because, you know, then they can make good, good qualified uh, uh, recommendations as to, you know, what strategies you should employ to get to where you want to be. Right, right. Amazing. That bigger picture. Well, speaking of bigger picture, our topic about RDSP Awareness Month. Want to tell us a little bit about that and how the community can get involved? Any other introduction to it? Yeah, funny enough. I mean, hey, my first first, uh, segment includes... uh, you know, October being RDSP Awareness Month. Nice. So the Registered Disability Savings Plan, it's, uh, you know, very kin to our population and, you know, an important um, an important savings plan for us. You know, how do we get involved? Well, I mean, uh, it's, it's important to, you know, you can reach out to your MP, let them know, uh, you know, you can ask some questions like, hey, what, what supports do you guys have in place? to help people know about uh, an RDSP and how it works. Uh, you know, we have uh, October 17th is, you know, End Poverty Awareness Day. And it's a day that, you know, everyone can wear orange uh, to, to acknowledge that uh, we want to end poverty that day. Well, you know what? If uh, you happen to do that, you can take some photos. Um, we're asking that, you, you know, take those photos and send them to at eyes on your money uh because then uh you know we can uh, we can track that on uh, on our twitter um as well you know feel free to, to 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 send any stories uh on twitter and then you can do hashtag rdsp as well so that uh that would be uh helping create that buzz get that awareness out there and make sure that people don't have an RDSB can ask those questions like what is an RDSB and to lead into that for those that don't know can we go a little bit more in depth as to what exactly an RDSB is Brock it's a great question so what is a RDSB or a registered disability savings plan so you know one of the criteria to make sure that you can actually qualify for a registered disability savings plan is you must have access to the disability tax credit. So you have to be disabled. I mean, that's that's certainly uh, one very important aspect. And and uh, for for anyone who has not ever, um, you know, who's, who's thought about the, uh, you know, should I get an RDSB or should I even get the disability tax credit? I really do encourage folks to uh, to take advantage of it. Not only do you have access to the RDSB through the disability tax credit, but you also get a tax credit. 
which is important for your income. So uh, it's really uh, it's it's very substantial to us uh, to make sure that uh, that 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 application is submitted and um, you're able to uh, to get that tax deduction as you move forward. Now, the RDSP Registered Disability Savings Plan. It's a it's a savings program designed for uh, long term savings and long term growth. It's kind of a retirement plan for those of us uh, with a disability. Um, so the government has framed out some, some, different, uh, some different benefits for it, but most importantly, it's, um, it allows uh, for uh, us to, to, to save now for the future. Mm-hmm. Lots of great kind of bigger picture planning just from this one initiative, right? The RDSP, um, you can kind of tackle so many different angles. Are there things that we need to know about the grant bond match program? Yep. And so with the RDSP uh, comes a grant bond matching program, which is which is pretty key and pivotal as to why this is such a great savings plan. So the government uh, will contribute up to $70,000 of grant money to a registered disability savings plan. In addition, they will contribute an additional $20,000 of bond money for any low-income Canadians. So when we, when we start to think about any kind of saving strategy and, and you know, should, what, what strategy should we employ, I absolutely think that anyone uh, eligible for that disability tax credit, and of course they must be um, under the age of 49 because that is the last year that the grant and bond uh, is accepted. But um, anyone who, uh, who, who, who fits the criteria should employ a registered disability savings plan. So with the grant, for every $1 you contribute, the government will contribute $3. And so when we think about that, $1,500 a year, which is their, um, which is their uh, sort of maximum individual contribution, the government will give you $3,500 every year. So that's pretty impressive. For any low-income Canadians, you don't have to make a contribution at all but the government will still contribute $1,000 per year of bond money. So in essence, contributing the max to a registered disability savings plan at that $1,500 and being a low-income Canadian, you actually can receive $90,000 of money from the government. Um, wow, very good stuff for sure. Uh, before we let you go, can we, can you tell us a little bit about your podcast with Becky Armstrong, Eyes on Your Money? Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Brock. Uh, always good for the shameless plug. For anyone mm-hmm. who's interested, who wants to learn a little bit more about um, finance and some some I'll say uh, foundational knowledge about uh, you know uh, uh, finance and answer those questions, check us out. We drop an episode once every month. Uh, and it's called Eyes on Your Money with Ryan and Becky. We're also taking questions at eyesonyourmoney at gmail.com, or you can tweet us at eyesonyourmoney. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great podcast. Becky and I uh, 
both uh, individuals from the community. We, we get a chance to sit around and chat all about finance and, and really offering that foundational information about, uh, you know, why do we need a bank account? What's the importance of it? You know, how, how, do, how do we budget? We're going to get a little deeper into some of the uh, some of the other financial topics as we move forward as well. A teaser for episode two. We know episode one was basics on the bank account. Yeah. So the teaser is budgeting and, and, and what's important about budgeting and, and maybe yes. how, you know, so a few tips and tricks on how to set a budget. Okay. All very good. Tying in with our conversation earlier about grocery shopping and how to make that a little easier as uh, price tags go up. Ryan, this has been lovely. Thank you so much. And we're looking forward to chatting with you on the first Wednesday of every month. More money talks to come. I appreciate that so much, Ramya. And for anyone who's interested to have a conversation uh, offline, uh, feel free to reach out to to me directly for anyone in Ontario at ryan.chin at sunlight.com and certainly for anyone outside of Ontario I'd be happy to link you into uh, a planner in your province to make sure that you're able to receive the best financial advice uh, available. Great we'll chat soon. We were speaking with financial planner Ryan Chin. He's going to join us, like I said, um, for Money Talk on the first Wednesday of the month. Also, check out the podcast, Becky Armstrong and Ryan Chin on Eyes on Your Money. It's available on your favorite podcasting platform. After the break, we're checking in with Mary Mamaliti. She's got some exciting grocery store buys for the home cook. A whole list of things that you need to try at the grocery store. We'll be right back with that on Kelly and Company. Remember that you can check out any of our conversations from Kelly and Company today and past Kelly and Company episodes on your favorite podcast platform. We give you the segmented podcast, very easy to share with other people who might enjoy the content. And we have the full show podcast with a vanity card on the end. And today's vanity card is courtesy of Brock Richardson, co-hosting today. And Brocky, you said that you were giving people a piece of... Uh, the puzzle on what you're up to on Mondays? Yes, because yes? every week okay. week when I come on, Kelly's like, the busiest man on Mondays. And so I figured I should yes. give the audience a little bit of a um, insight as to uh, what goes on and also thank the people that put me together so that I can do all of this uh, well, so I hope. And, uh, and yeah, it's a busy day, but a fun day on Monday. So get more information Mm -hmm. at the end of the show with the vanity card excellent well sounds good people can join or check that out as well as our all our other podcasts i'm ramia amuthan here with brock richardson you know ramia you were discussing about 15 minutes ago about snack time and for me every time we do this segment it becomes snack time immediately after it's time for (laughs) mary mamaliti Uh, for another segment. Let's bring her on. If you're like me, the kitchen is your favorite room in the house. I'm Mary Mammoliti, here with a handful of goodies from my kitchen, including food trends, cooking tips, 
and of course, some delicious recipes. Today we're talking about exciting grocery buys that every home cook needs to try in their home. So Mary, what's so special about these items and why buy them now? Oh, great. All great questions. I mean, one, I wanted to put together and create a list that would introduce some seasonal produce items that may not be on everyone's radar and then share a few new that are noteworthy products that have recently hit our grocery store shelves. So like, I mean, I know the fridge section in the produce aisle is saturated with salad kits. I know this, but there are a few new ones that I think, you know, would be interesting to try. So but I bring a couple to you guys. Earthbound Farm Honey Citrus. So this one's got like dried cranberries, some feta, quinoa, and this honey citrus dressing that I thought would be really nice, really fresh. So if you want something to brighten up a meal. Next is Taylor Farms Maple Bourbon. Now I'm talking about these salad kits because um, these are great quick go-tos. So if you want a quick lunch, uh, you know, add some protein to it. These are great to, to pick up and have for those quick, you know, not so much time meals <laughs> for lack of better. Way. I can't even talk right now. Um, so Taylor farms, maple bourbon, golden honey. This has almonds. So golden honey, almonds, cooked bacon, maple bourbon vinaigrette, right? It just that sounds so delicious. good. Then we've got uh, president's choice, Southwest iceberg, green leaf, lettuce, red cabbage, carrots, tortilla chips, cheddar, don't quote me. I don't know if there's some corn in there. If not, throw it in because it'll be good. <laughs> right? It's just so good. Right? You just upgrade it. I mean, these are great too. Have them as a base. Add to it. Add some artichokes, um, some pickled artichokes. Oh, those are good too. We That's a different segment. I'll bring those mm -hmm. up another day. But, but you know what I love too? These yeah. all have the surprising textures like it's not just yes. the basic textures there's the bit of crunch from the vegetables or from the tortilla chips or whatever and then the sweet and the salty and yeah. the citrusy like that is awesome I'm loving salads like this right I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's what it is they're no longer like these flat just lettuce and a couple yeah. of carrots or something there's just so much texture and so much going into them now and they're really taking a lot of time and effort yep. to put these together next I know everyone's going to say, okay, these have been around forever. Why is it on your list? Honey crisp apples. Because mm. right now, right now's the time. Because if you've never had a honey crisp apple, let me explain it to you. So each bite of apple, <laughs> it, it really does guarantee that quintessential snack that we all crave. You know, when you bite into that apple and you get that crunch, each one, it's totally crisp. Um, it's got the right amount of sweetness to it. So it's not overly sweet. It's got that little bitterness, little hint of it, but it's it's got sweet up front. And then it's so good because it's crisp, it's fresh. You add it to your salads. It's perfect for, like I said, an autumn salad or a snack. Make yep. a little yogurt, right? A little yogurt, peanut butter, add some honey in there or maybe some oh. maple syrup or agave, right? Whip You're speaking my language right now. Except right. instead of yogurt, I use cream cheese. I'm seriously oh loving these God, apple so and dips. I cannot. Yeah, tell you. it's so good. It's so good. I mean, what I love about it is you can control the amount of sugar that goes into it. Yeah. So you don't have to make it super sweet if you don't want it. Yeah. But they're so good. Gets you snacking on these apples. Then we've got, this is a product that, again, it's seasonal, but they're called Sunset 
Zima or Zima, golden orange grape tomatoes. So what this is, you're gonna think, okay, orange tomatoes, wow, big deal. These are a big deal because again, they're seasonal. The skin is slightly tougher than other brands. So it, it yields a longer shelf life. So you don't have to sit there and pound these back because you think they're gonna go bad. <laughs> you can take your time, <laughs> savor them. Um, they've got, again, another satisfying crunch factor. I don't know if you guys noticed, but I'm all about this crunch. It just, to me, it's like that fresh snap when you bite into something. They're super sweet. I kid you not. They are sweet. They're not, it's not sugar sweet, but it's got like, it's balanced and minimal to no sourness to them. That's what makes them so different and so unique. They're unlike any other tomato that I've ever tasted. Um, and they're great for snacking. So do you guys sit there? And I have to ask this because I do not. And I know some people do where you sit there and you can grab like a handful of either cherry tomatoes or grape tomatoes no. and just pop them in and snack them. Right. I don't do this. No, no. And I've, I'm not one to do that. However, with these, I do it. They're that good. Okay. And it, there's a, right. There's a small window. So if you do come across them, pick them up, just give them a shot. I'd love to, I'd love to hear what you guys think of them. I'm curious for sure. Yeah. Then I, we've got nature fresh, list. right? Definitely. Nature fresh Tom's Tomberry tomatoes, another tomato here. Um, they're the world's smallest tomato. So they're about the size of blueberries. They're like these tiny pearl tomatoes. They're highly seasonal. Again, so if you're out there, you happen to run into these and you come across them, someone mentions them, ask them to pick them up, pick you up a little pack because you definitely want to try these while they're in season. They're crisp. Again, crispy little bite. They're juicy. They're poppable. Um, easy snackability again. And I would maybe try making something different with these. You can add them to your salads again. You can add them to your soups, which is really nice because you get a little pop with every spoonful. Right. Or make, or make tomato caviar, which is really fun to oh. do. Yeah, really fun to do. Um, and then we've got, I know I'm going to butcher this, but I'm going to try it. Rambutans. Rambutan. Yum. That's it, right? So good. Is this a new They're, discovery for you, Mary? No. So Okay. I'll, okay, the reason why I have them on the list, I'll tell you why. I came across these delicious little fruits a while ago several years ago, but in talking to people, no one's ever heard of them. Um, no. So many people, I'm serious. So many people haven't heard of them, have never tried them. They find them intimidating. So what they look like, <laughs> they're, they're golf ball sized. They're fruit. prickly. They have this like spiky, spiky red green shell. I don't want to say, some people say hairy. I don't want to say that because it kind of grosses me out thinking hairy and fruit. No. So it's not, it's not hairy. No, it's spiky. It's it's like it's like rubbery feeling. The, exactly. The, the, the stuff on it. Yeah. And it's I mean, people have compared it to like the like a sea urchin kind of feel to it. Yeah, the feel. Not as prickly. <laughs> the feel to <laughs> it. So I don't want you all to be intimidated by this shell. You literally just peel it back, you reveal that juicy kind of lychee like fruit in the center. So good. Right? So good perfect on its own. You can add it again to anything. I make a salad with it. Um, you can say I'm on this, I'm on these salad kicks lately. Um, it, or just have it on its own. Desserts are great. Keep in mind though, there is a seed in yeah. the center. So you don't, you want to have a little finesse when you bite down. You don't want to chomp right into that. Mm -mm. 
It's also a pretty thin layer of fruit. Like if you think about it, the shell's giant, the pit's giant, and then the the, the fruit around it is not much. But we've really enjoyed this, especially if you love your sweet fruits. Um, Mm -hmm. our, Our family, this is a classic. I use it in place of dessert. Exactly. Yeah. Because, it, you know, yeah, it's quite sweet. It's so, it's fun to eat. It's a conversation. Yeah, fun. And there's a yeah. conversation always around it. Um, then there's cotton candy grapes. Again, this is something that a lot now of people Now you're talking my of. language. You're talking my <laughs> language on this one. For you to chime in. I'm like, where is he? <laughs> I haven't caught you on any of them up until cotton candy grapes. Okay. He doesn't eat, he doesn't eat salad. He doesn't eat tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I eat the odd cherry tomato, but I'm like oh. you guys. I don't shove them in my mouth like yeah. 20 at a time. But, you know, the odd one I'm okay with. Okay. Okay. So then this one is definitely for you. Cotton candy grapes. On the outside, they look like any other grape. Yellow-green skin, a few brownish spots. But they are certainly the sweetest grapes that I have ever eaten. So it has, like, the soft, subtle sweetness to it. They're juicy. And they do have, like, this hint of vanilla. Which is why, I mean, they, they kind of resemble yep. that cotton candy kind of taste, but without the stickiness. Agreed. Those are a lot I've fun. never tried these. Keep hearing about them, never tried them. Definitely give them a try. This will be the year. You know, I'm not saying add these always to your, your shopping list, but they're fun to try. Um, it's fun to try different things every now and then. Um, and this is definitely one of them. And every time I do see them, I have to get myself a bag. New and noteworthy. So, guys, some of these are some of our old favorites, but I, they're they're back with a little twist. So, we've got Den on yogurt. So, it's called Too Good Yogurt. Two as in T-W-O. The reason why I bring this one up is because it has 80% less sugar than the average Greek yogurt. So, if you love Greek yogurt as much as I do, you're mm-hmm. going to want to hear this. It's made with a unique slow straining process. So it removes the sugar from the milk. It leaves about two grams of total sugar in each 5.3 ounce cup. So for example, just to give you an idea, two good yogurt has two grams total sugar in that cup. So the 5.3 ounce cup. Average Greek yogurt has about 10 grams total sugar per 5.3 ounce cup. So it's a bit of a difference. And for me who eats a lot of it, I want to make sure that I want to keep my sugars down as much as I can because then I'm going to load up with the next item on my list. Mm-hmm. Deep and delicious minis. <laughs> so deep and delicious. Have you ever had deep and delicious cake? Like the, the uh, why do I always the say McCain. McEwen's? McCain's, yes. <laughs> McCain's. <'cause> McCain's <laughs> is a fabulous place to shop. Right, yes. McCain's. Um, McCain's makes these not, I think I've brought this up once or twice on probably many of my segments that I am obsessed with deep and delicious cakes happened since yes, I was a kid. Exactly. Right? They're you so just good. try to eat out of the container and you Straight keep up. on eating, right? Till you get to half. And then I'm thinking <laughs> I better stop before people, you know, people, Frank starts yeah. saying, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> There's only the smaller half left. Anyway, might as well finish it off. You know, well, that's it. You want to keep on making that straight line across. Like you cut it, but you didn't. <laughs> so you keep on eating. Well, you- you were being generous when you said half. I'm thinking, yeah, three quarters is usually my like. This is this That's is right. not good at this point. That's where your stomach is really killing you, and you're like, I should stop. <laughs> I mean, if I've got him looking at me and he's like with this face, like, are you serious? I'm gonna keep on eating that. Then I'll stop if I'm alone. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So deep and delicious came up with these minis, where they've got I think the two flavors I came across was chocolate brownie, cookie crumble. 
and one pack feeds four. So it's divided into four smaller individual portions. So this way you can definitely prevent and stop yourself from eating half a cake uh -huh. or three quarters. <laughs> <laughs> then we've got silk almond creamer in pumpkin spice. I had to throw in a little pumpkin spice. It's fall, sweater weather. We're all talking about the pumpkin spice, everything. Silk almond creamer is one of my favorites when um, for coffee. So it's a little treat that I do. Maybe mid morning, I'll add it to one of my one of my coffees. Okay, so I have two guys. That's all I have, um, two coffees. Uh -huh. But yeah, is <laughs> not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, pumpkin spice uh, silk almond creamer is really nice, and it's on shelves right now. Again, that's a limited product. This is really yummy. I'm my whole grocery list is just full on now with all this stuff. I don't know what meal planning I'm going to do with all of this, but I like it. No. I really Full like disclosure, it. I have the Deep and Delicious Minis in my freezer as we speak. Oh, my God. <laughs> did you say they were frozen already or did you freeze them? Uh, they were, well, they're always, you always get them in the freezer section at the grocery store. So they're oh, yeah, slightly. That's true. But mine are in my freezer right now. Mine so never make freeze. it past. Like, they don't have to get stored in any way because... As soon as they come home, they're defrosted. <laughs> and eat them. Oh, that's because I have the full one in my fridge right now. Right. Okay. There you go. There you go. <laughs> do you have, after all the sugar talk, do you have a recipe for us? Of course. Let's go a little healthier. Avocado okay. and tomato caviar crostini. Um, this is that caviar, the tomato caviar that I was talking about. Get yourself an avocado, some tom berries if you come across them, um, a lemon. So you want juice of half a lemon, some lemon zest, about a teaspoon of lemon zest, four tablespoons of olive oil, a tablespoon of white balsamic vinegar, salt, and red pepper flakes, red pepper chili flakes to taste. Small bowl, mix up the lemon juice, half of the lemon zest, because you want to sprinkle the other half over top of your crostini. Uh, the oil, the vinegar, add the tiny tomatoes in them, mix them, set them aside. To oh. get a baguette, slices, toast it up, spread some of that mashed avocado over top, sprinkle a little salt, some fresh chili flakes, and then top it with that tomato caviar. Enjoy it. It's refreshing. Sounds, it's crispy. It's fun. That sounds really good. Can we squeeze in the latest on Kitchen Confession podcast? Yes. Yes, please. Kaylin Reacts, episode 122, turning viral success into a budding TV career. So we met digital media star, musician, fellow foodie, Kaylin Allen. So he's the creator. I don't know if you guys have heard of the popular Kaylin Reacts series on Twitter, on YouTube where he, his over-the-top commentary, like on social media cooking videos, um, is just absolutely hilarious. And it actually got the attention from celebrities like Ellen DeGeneres, Mariah Carey. Most recently, he's doing a collab with Ricky Lake. Um, nice. And Kalen, he tells us all about his transition from viral success to television broadcast, plus his secret to great home cooking and a few fun food memories. Sounds great. Mary, thank you so much. Another great segment. You've left me hungry. Thanks, guys. That was Mary Memoliti. You can check out Mary's discussions and recipes on kitchenconfession.com and find Kitchen Confessions podcast on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. In a couple minutes, we're going to wrap up the show. Find out what's coming up on tomorrow's edition of Now with Dave Brown and on our show. We'll be right back.
We're at the part of the show where we are wrapping up. We're reflecting back on conversations from today and giving you something to check out on our podcast if you missed it from today's show. So I'm coming to you first, Brocky. What are you highlighting for people to check out on the podcast? I have to go back to the top of of segment or hour two, I should say, with uh, Buzz with Bill. He always brings great stuff, but he was talking about stuff that will be no more. So uh, pay phones and um, security boxes in banks, there will be no more. And the line of the day from Ramya was, what am I supposed to do with my jewelry? <laughs> it's not virtual. And so if you want a really fun conversation where we both just left scratching our heads, laughing on commercial break, it was so much fun. And Billy always has me giggling. But sometimes you get those segments where it's like, oh, okay, that one made me think. But today yeah. was one of those giggle segments of like, yeah, what am I supposed to do with my jewelry now, which is not virtual. So. For sure. And, and and it was that one was pretty, you know, eye rolling but there was also the pay phones uh conversation about those also taking a back seat and potentially disappearing altogether and uh some of the more serious implications of that for people who can't afford to have a cell phone and um you know like a lot of great hitting subjects um we also had good conversations with grant hardy on our health headlines and talking um first of all medical gaslighting if you don't know what that is check out the conversation for all the details and our perspectives on it in in of course uh grocery buying and some strategies to save money on groceries all that and more on today's episode of kelly and company which is now available or soon to be available on podcast Tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern time, we have Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. One of the producers on that show is Paul Daniel, and he's going to tell us what they have planned. Hello, Paul. Hello, Ramya. On tomorrow's show, a recent study by the NGO organization uh, Environmental Defense says Canada will fail to achieve its goal of eliminating plastic plastic packaging waste by 2030 without substantial efforts by governments at all levels. We'll speak to Karen Worsick, one of the co-authors of the report, and find out why. Tomorrow, Google is holding its showcase introducing the Pixel 7 and Pixel 7 Pro phones. And it's first ever smartwatch. Marco Fala will be pinch-hitting for Stephen Scott and Sean Priest and give us his impressions of the items as they are being presented. And Blaine Deutscher, our community reporter in Regina, Saskatchewan, will let us know the details of the upcoming Mega Bounce Run fundraiser for city kids in Regina and upcoming date for Regina Lions Blind Bowlers. Does it still disappoint you, Paul, when you hear uh, governments and countries and people of power making you know, promises such as this? By 2030, we will not be using any single-use plastics across the country. You hear that date and you think in your mind, yeah, right, we'll see. But then it it comes anyway where you find out that, yeah, it's not going to be met. This goal is not going to be met. Does it disappoint you still? No, it doesn't disappoint me. I think uh, I think government should always overreach, should always set a goal. The ideal of government sometimes in its, in its finest form, set a, set a goal, like going to the moon by the end of the decade, right? what Kennedy did, set a goal mm-hmm. by 2030. I mean, the, 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 the challenge is putting meaning to those words. That's the hard part. Mm-hmm. Well said. I really appreciate that perspective because, you know, it's easy to say, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But uh, t- you got to aim for something, as you say, in order to achieve something. Thank you so much. Take care, Ramya.
That's Paul Daniel, one of the producers on Now with Dave Brown, talking about tomorrow's show and their lineup at 9 a.m. Eastern time. You can catch them on AMI-tv. Dave Brown and guests always have wonderful conversations. Brocky, you'll be back tomorrow afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern to continue our lineup, which I'll uh, let people know about just in a second. But thank you for joining me today. Looking forward to tomorrow and always fun to be alongside. Thank you. And on tomorrow's episode of Kelly and Company, we have Michael Fair back as he usually is on Thursdays. He's been on this hunt for the perfect Bluetooth keyboard for years. So once in a while, we get some reviews and tomorrow's a good one with the Newfie Air 75 keyboard. Also, Fern Lullum, she's going to share a story of um, a person from the UK, Katie Shaw. She's a UK teenager with a condition and uh, a a disability that Fern herself can relate to. And she's going to relay that story for us and explain why. With Thanksgiving coming up in just a couple days, we're talking toasting traditions with Catherine Vilinga, CEO of Zerkova Vodka, who we love featuring on the show. And we're learning more about Compass Club. This is a fully accessible travel guide company in Southern Ontario that you might be curious to know more about. Audio describer JJ Hunt is joining us on the roundtable there's lots to talk about on regular roundtable conversation but also what he's up to in october lots of exciting stuff on tomorrow's lineup of kelly and company join us at 2 p.m eastern time for the two-hour show i'm ramia amadhan on behalf of myself and brock richardson have a great rest of your wednesday Hey everybody, it's Brock Richardson providing you with today's vanity card. Every time Kelly asks me to do this, one of the first things that cross my mind is, okay, what do we talk about today? What can I bring to the audience that's, you know, informative and something they may not know? And today's topic came to mind for me quite quickly, to be honest. Every Monday when I do my sports hit, Kelly refers to my Mondays as being a really busy day and he's right it is a really busy day and I thought that I would pull back the curtain a little bit further and kind of break down my day and how things go so basically what happens is I wake up every morning at 8:30 with the help of my attendant Catherine who a lot of you have heard in various capacities on the network and she comes and she helps me with my morning routine and then when we're done with that by the time I roll into my office in my apartment it's about quarter after nine and from there I have about 45 minutes or so uh, before somebody from now with Dave Brown gives me a call and I'm checking sports making sure that nothing has broke and we need to bring something you know that's breaking news to Dave and whatever the case may be so I finalize the notes from there I wait for their call I adjust my camera make sure that I'm at the right angle the right uh, the right height etc and then I do that segment, and then I finish that around 10.20 in the morning, and then from there I take about a hour to an hour and a half lunch break, and then my wife is home by this point, so we watch uh, some shows and do things like that. From there, she helps me at around 12.30 or so uh, get back into the office. At this point, I am preparing for Kelly and Company, making sure that, again, there's nothing 
breaking, there's nothing new happening, and that's why we've designed the leadoff item, and so that if there is something that breaks, I can easily put it in there. Then I do that segment, and I finish that one, and my worker comes back, changes my outfit again to get me ready for the neutral zone on YouTube, and from there I do the, the neutral zone show, we record that, uh, Catherine comes back again, uh, she will help me with my evening care, and then basically I crash, and I spend some more time in the evening with uh, my wife, watching shows, uh, preparing for now with Dave Brown for the next morning, and it's a lot of fun, but man is it busy, and the one thing I haven't done yet is do, on top of all of that, co-hosting on Monday with Kelly and company. One day that will come, and that will just be one other thing that I have to manage, but I know that I'll be able to do it because of the wonderful team that's around me, and I want to thank everybody for, you know, being able to allow me to do this and make sure that I'm in tip-top shape every day to bring you, the listener, quality programming. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.